Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This gang. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard. Couple scars. Wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck is saying. You in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop in one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's probably have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome to Five on the Floor Live. I'm not sure really what was going on there. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at the Jay Skolnick at Five Reasons Sports. We've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. We've got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk. 305. We haven't done a lot of these, so work with us. We're going to do these on some of the road games this season, we come to you, the floor plan. We're talking about the Miami Heat's win against the Chicago Bulls. They avenge a loss the other night, Saturday, where they went up 22-1 to and ended up losing the game tonight. Not quite as quick a start, but a pretty decent first half. And then every time that Chicago kind of pushed closer to them in the second half, Miami pushed back. They went 118-100, to now 9-5 and on the season. They head to Cleveland next, and then two in new york you can follow Alex Toledo at tropical blanket brady hawk at brady hawk 305 overall sentiments on this game and then we'll get to our gamer of the night shortly after that first thing i i like the overall disposition tonight you lose a game like you did a couple nights ago to come out tonight i thought that they were fairly on point offensively i thought the process in the first half was good they got performances from a lot of guys who did not play particularly well the other night. We'll get to some of those as we go forward. Um, we talked about the wings in particular the other night that uh, they didn't give them a whole lot. They gave them something tonight, especially three of them, uh, and we'll get to them specifically. But, Alex, before, again, we get to the game of the night, your overall thoughts just on, you know, them coming out and scoring 118 tonight. Let's start there, okay, because Eric Spolz just talked about 110 is the number they went way over it yep and by the way your eye tests it's it's right on so far like they had a great offensive game by the numbers too they they put up an overall offensive rating of just under 130 which is in the 91st percentile and would easily be the best mark in the league if that was just like their their normal offensive rating so yeah like nice of them to be able to do that and and by the way like the bulls are not a team that's reputationally known for their defense, but they were a very strong defense last season. And I know this year is it's a different, like the vibes are not great with them right now, but in general, they were, they were a strong defense all of last season. So for the heat to put up one of their better offensive games versus them is, is not nothing, right. Especially for them. Just, we know they're not capable of these types of games very often. So you take them whenever you can get them. And uh, just in general, just looking at their shot profile, I think this is the type of shot profile you want more or less. They took 21 at the rim, 28 in the mid-range, 35 from three. There's some balance there. It's not too heavy on the mid-range. Of course, you would always like more shots at the rim, but it's not too bad. I've seen worse. They had a terrible finishing game against the Bulls last time. 
Um, didn't finish like amazingly this game, but they were able to actually get more shots up at the rim this time. So just in general, I think the offensive process was right. Duncan continues to look amazing. I'm I'm still very impressed with Bam's start to the season. Um, and just kind of going from there, I like the, the identity they've taken on with the lineups where you're just constantly seeing, you know, like the, the kind of the pairings that Spo has seen um, develop here, where it's like Bam and Duncan coming in together and coming out together. And then Jimmy and Kevin Love coming in together and coming out together. And a lot of times it's like three wings around those the, 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 the pairings. So I like the identity they've taken on with their roster. I just want to see the defense be a little bit more consistent because I do think like they need to be a good defense for everything to work for them because they can't have these types of offensive nights every night. All right. Well, we're going to go a little bit off the board tonight. We had a debate about the gamer of the night. We'll tee it up now and then... We will decide whether we're going to go with one person or two. And now on five on the floor, it's time for the Gamer of the Night, sponsored by Rock Esports Center, the place to eat, drink, and play all day. Host your next birthday party with them. Located at 15305 South Dixie Highway in Palmetto Bay, they've got a 5,500-square-foot state-of-the-art center equipped with all the high-end power. Play all-day passes, available for just 25 bucks. but if you mention five reasons... It's just $20. So mention five reasons or five RSN. You get to play all day for $20. And now, the gamer of the night. All right, this almost feels unfair not to give it to Duncan Robinson tonight. When you look at the overall numbers, 22 points, 7 of 11 from the field, 6 of 9 from 3, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, 30 minutes. Uh, He also uh, did Alex and I a solid by being removed when he had taken nine three-pointers, uh, three-point attempts tonight uh, when his number at prize picks was nine and a half. So thanks, Eric Spolster, for taking him out in the last three minutes. I'm okay with five. Exactly. Well, it doesn't matter. But um, I'm going to go with the other guy, Brady, um, because we've been talking, and Greg and I, when we potted on him the other day, we're talking about how with Jaime Hawkins, we've seen this with rookies in the past for the Heat where something seems really amazing and really ahead of schedule. And then in a month, that seems like child's play because he's so much further along with every game. And tonight, more growth. It's not just the numbers. Eight of 13 and 33 minutes again. He's playing 30-plus minutes lately. 19 points, three rebounds, four assists. He should be linked with Duncan to a certain degree because their chemistry is tremendous. I mean, they mm-hmm. the way that Hawkins cuts off of them and they find each other, and Duncan talked about that in the locker room the other day. But there's some specific things, Brady, that you've seen with Hawkins that are promising, and we're seeing, like, growth game to game. Yeah, for sure. I, I have to start and say, you mentioned the chemistry with Duncan and Hawkins. That is why I'm overriding your decision. We are giving co-gamers of the night. We, they both deserve gamer of the night, so I'm overriding that decision. To that point, starting with Hawkes, uh, I'm glad you said about their connection because there's just there's an element of Hawkes' game where you're seeing him do the things that he did early on in the game where he's just like turning the corner, getting to the basket, where he's finding a mismatch, shooting over the top. We're getting to the point now, and I'm going to talk about the shot in a second, uh, but the outside shot is there. But it's like kind of the other stuff where I just watch his spacing specifically on offense. And like, that's what stands out to me. It's like not even the times when he has the ball in his hands. It's like when he gives the ball to Bam or gives the ball to Jimmy, 
he knows when to stay out at the three-point line, when to rise up, when to cut and stand on that box, when to get to the middle of the floor. Like, he's always in the right spot and open for a pass. And that's why he's always around the rim and able to get these open shots off, like, those type of passes. Uh, so, definitely that stuff. Alex, you were talking about the defense before. And I just, like, Hawkins jumps off the screen defensively. Like, he's not one of those guys that's just holding up. Like, he is jumping off your screen. Uh, he's guarding these top players, and he just – he just does not bite. Like when you want, it's funny because it's like the opposite of his offensive game where everything is to get you to bite offensively. Everything is to just get you to move your feet, get up in the air in some capacity. It's exactly what he doesn't do defensively. Like just that type of play uh, is just jumping off the screen again. And the last thing I'll say on the shooting, I think it's now at eight of 15, eight of his last 15 threes he's knocked down. Like this is a real development we're watching. Like we're seeing him do this in real time and, I didn't think we'd get here this quickly. Like there was a lot of things where I'm like, okay, Hawk is the defense is legit. Okay. He can get to the rim. Okay. The, the space, the three point shot was like, okay, that's going to take a little time and they could work with that. It's here now. It seems, which is just an incredible development. Just the, the stuff into jabs into threes, catch and shoot threes. He looks really comfortable with it. So, uh, you know, he deserves a lot of credit, but I will quickly say the stuff we're seeing from Duncan Robinson and specifically not even X's and O's the confidence he's playing with, where you're just seeing him walk off the court and start just yelling expletives at his bench. Like he is feeling it right now. And just watching the shots he's making when he's putting the ball on the floor, the movie hit at Wemby with the kind of the, the backs to be hit again late in the game hits Hawk is on the drive. He's getting to the free throw line. Uh, he's just playing at an incredible level right now. And they're playing well together to your point. Like those are two guys that are randomly applying more rim pressure than anybody on the team. Like Duncan was began doing what Hawkins did with rim pressure, and now Hawkins is doing what Duncan did with threes. Like they're just they're just mutual players now. It makes no sense, but they play really well together. So it's a just co gamers of the night. Okay, I will allow for the overrule in this case. Um, I'm also going to say something that's going to annoy Alex. Good call. Uh, which is which is that Duncan? Um, can he be like a late career alpha? Like, can you can you transition into alpha status? Does alpha just mean you're playing well. A few years into career. Well, no, but I mean, it, it's what Brady's talking about here, though, because the, look, confidence was one of the issues with Duncan. We've talked about that. There was this, we talked, we did podcasts about the imposter syndrome, the guy who didn't think that For he sure. was going to be in this position and then the pressure of it. And it looks like all the pressure has been completely relieved from him. And you're right. He's playing with the kind of cockiness that Tyler plays with. It, it's, it's just, it's crazy to see that. Like, Max had a little bit of it, but like Duncan has grown into this player that I don't think any of us saw. Now, Hawkins, I want to say one more thing for those who haven't listened to me say this before on playback in other places. None of this is surprising the Heat. None of what Hawkins is doing is surprising the Heat. It's surprising us a little bit that it's happening so quickly. But, and I've said this on one previous podcast, I'll say it here for those listening live. They think he's a star. Like, they don't think he's a plug and play role player. Like, we talked about him in those terms because he was 22 years old and he played in these big games at UCLA. They identified star potential with him pretty much from the moment that he stepped uh, onto the court. That, that's what they're looking at here. Now, whether he's or not, not even getting offense run for him right now, like when, when the team is really healthy, like he's just kind of fitting in. He's playing fourth quarter uh, minutes and, and consistently, and they are characterizing him as a long-term part of their core with Bam and Tyler. So that's what they think of him. And that's why I'm saying in a month, we may look at what he did tonight as nothing. 
just like what we're looking at what he did the first week of the season, which seems, you know, oh my God, this guy's actually playing for them this year. And now that looks like nothing because he's playing 33 minutes and he's playing so well. Ethan, right, would now, you quickly before you get to that, would you say Hawkins is an alpha? I just wanted to get your take on that. Oh, I think there's no question about that. I think there is. I think it'd be easier to I, say he was not an alpha on this team, to be well, honest. Well, no, I think it would be easier to say that because then we'd have people calling us out on that. But I think by saying that Duncan is a late career alpha, I think we can identify that maybe he didn't embody that earlier in his career that he is now. But uh, Ethan being the alpha judger is just always a funny concept to me. You know, you know, look, we talked about it in terms of Caleb Martin last year. And obviously, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about Caleb here on the podcast. But I want to transition to something else here, actually, because it was mentioned and we've discussed this on previous podcasts that like we're taking Bam for granted now because in the past, when Bam had this stat line, 23, 11 and six on eight of 14 shooting in just 30 minutes, he would be the gamer of the night. Now it's like, okay, we're going to go find somebody else. That's Um, another day. But I, I do think it was important tonight. They didn't get away from him, and he didn't allow them to get away from him. There was that time – was it late in the third quarter, guys, where he was getting away a little bit? Maybe it was early in the fourth, and he attacked off the dribble. I mean, he got the ball and went, which was the kind of thing we didn't see him either get the opportunity to do that or have the inclination to do that in the previous Chicago game. And to score 118 when Jimmy is 4 of 11 in 29 minutes – it just shows that the depth that they do have on the roster when, when things are clicking. Um, I want to get to a couple of other guys before we get to the play of the night. Cause we're, I think we've identified who the play of the night's going to be tonight, but I don't want to overlook a couple other players. Kevin love tonight, 11 and eight in 15 minutes. Um, Alex, are you settled on the fact that Kevin love is the backup center for this team at this point? No doubt. No doubt. Now, the only thing is I, I could, completely imagine Bryant getting some minutes throughout the season again, just because like we talked about plenty of times, like just to have love fresh for the playoffs. But as far as who is your best option as of right now, like I, I don't think it's even, you know, a question. I just think, you know, Brian is like 10 years younger than him and has fresher legs. And I think he's kind of an innings eater for the regular season, but love is, is ultimately the, the better option. Um, I, I don't know if I want love to be the permanent back of five, just because of that, just because I want him fresh you know, to play that role in the playoffs. I mean, it's a vital, vital role. Like, if you're having love in those minutes, as opposed to Cody Zeller or Dwayne Dedman or Thomas Bryant, right, in the playoffs, like, I think that's a win. So I want him fresh for, for that stint. Not that I, I, not that I don't want him playing now. I'm just prioritizing, you know, that, that time. But he's been fantastic for them. And even though he's not considered a strong defender, he is a much better, you know, he's a much higher um impact defensive player than Thomas Bryant is at this point, just because he knows where to be and actually gets there on time. Like he, he gets to the spot on time and draws charges. The rebounding is there. We already know what he can do with the outlet passes. And most importantly, what's what, what I think differentiates him from Bryant on offense the most is just the ability to space the floor. Like I think it's paying off in dividends where, you know, that pairing, right. That I was talking about before where he comes in with Jimmy um, at one point, like, I think that's intentional. I think Spo likes those looks where you have the, the spaced out floor for Jimmy and then you just have wings alongside that unit. Like, I, I really love the way that this roster has developed together. And by the way, I think Brian could actually be decent in those types of minutes as well. The, the paint might be a little bit clogged, but um, I, we've seen Jimmy be good with like a, you know, a simple stre- uh, like pick and roll 
backup five center in the past. Like he had that that pairing with Zeller. Yeah, there was at one point he was good with Deadman early on. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they will be okay if they just didn't play two other bad defenders alongside Brian at the same time. Brady, um, just want to blitz through some other guys before we get to the play of the night. Just uh, give me your grade on them uh, this evening. Kyle Lowry, eight points, five rebounds, six assists, three of six on the floor in 27 minutes. It's funny because I'm, I'm, you started there. I was actually going to ask you about him specifically just because we always talk about with you, you with Kyle. I thought he was really good tonight. Like, I thought he actually controlled things. I thought he, he, he's he been on a little bit of a consistency in terms of impacting the game, in my opinion. Just the stuff he's done defensively. I feel like he's been in the right spots, moved around, drawn some charges. But he's gotten Bam in the right spots, which is something we talked about, obviously, when he first came to the team that was going to open Bam up uh, scoring-wise. And we just haven't, you know, you don't need that anymore. But he still, like, starts the game, Kyle Bam pick and roll, hits him right in the elbow, knocks down a jumper. Uh, you're just seeing him push pace. The the play where uh, Kevin Love throws an outlet pass to Kyle. Kyle throws an outlet pass to Jimmy. Jimmy ends up getting fouled, and it was a clear path. Like he's just making a lot of really good plays. So I know you just said blitz through it, but I'd say that's like a that's a B game for Kyle, in my opinion. And obviously, the scoring is what would kind of bump it up. Caleb Martin uh, tonight, two points, one of six, twenty-one minutes. Five rebounds, two assists. Are, are we seeing him shake any of the rust off? I, I Before you go, I here's my one thought on it. We, you and I talked so much last year about the way he attacked closeouts. Mm-hmm. And there were two situations tonight that I thought he could have attacked and did not. He, he, didn't, he didn't shoot either, but he kind of backed out of it, and it took a dribble. And he does not seem right now to totally trust his body. That's what it looks like to me. And then there's also this idea of kind of working in with others. What what has been your thought on him? Was it any better tonight in your view? It's weird because I feel like he's trying to like get the rust off, but he's also in lineups where like I feel like he's trying to find his role because like his role was kind of what Hawk is is doing now. And he's in these lineups where when he is attacking off closeouts, like the paint's a little congested. Like at times, and I've noticed that where there's kind of that extra help defender there and what wasn't there in the past, where in the playoffs it was like one-on-one. If he got past his guy, he probably had an open lane right there. So I think that's part of it. But it's also just trying to get the rust off because he's it was not played basketball for a long time. Like, yeah, he played here and there in the preseason or the beginning of the season, but it was not real reps. Uh, we haven't seen like that true Caleb-type game where he's kind of doing the things that we've seen. And the three, even the three-point shot, has kind of not been there. So that's also a part of your legs. Like if you don't have your legs underneath you fully, you're going to be short on a lot of shots, which he has been. He has been short on a lot of shots. So it's one of those things that I will say I'm not really worried about. Like it does not feel like something because I've seen moments defensively where I'm like, okay, like he he's moving well. Like he's had like a specifically last game, actually. He had like a couple in the zone in the press where I'm like, okay, he's cutting people off perfectly. Uh, but I think we're gonna get to a point where we're talking about the his role and in, in, in like what specifically is asked of him in these spots because there was a lineup today where i was actually wanting to see more of it i'm curious of it was jimmy hawkes and caleb like that's an interesting three to have on the court together so like if if in theory if you can work it out offensively like yeah that that is a perfect lineup you'd want defensively so i'm interested in that part of it i think the clock's ticking on him a little bit just because tyler's getting closer to coming back We'll, we'll handle that in the last segment of the show but Spolster played nine tonight, basically. I mean, Orlando Robinson, Drew Smith got in at the end. He's going to have to play a tenth. <laughs> and but 
we'll see when he does that how much the others shrink. All right, I'll handle these two, and then we'll go to the the play of the night. Uh, Haywood Highsmith, I thought tonight was fine. Um, three of four, one of one uh, one of one from three. So now they're eight and one with Haywood as a starter. Uh, had seven points, two rebounds, uh, played solid defense again. And Jimmy, I, I mentioned him earlier, four of eleven. Uh, 16 points, three rebounds, six assists, was able to mostly take it easy tonight. But since I'm not going to name it the play of the night, I do have to mention that's all time, like to basically call out Skyhook as you're shooting a Skyhook. It, it just feels like the whole regular season is one troll exercise for him, but uh, it, it, it was enough tonight. But now we're going to go back in time, actually, to like 2017 for our A aggressive play of the night. And now it's time for the Insurance by Lynette play of the night, sponsored by insurancebylynette.com and A aggressive insurance agency. You can reach out to our friend Lynette at 954-581-8800. That's 954-581-8800 or insurancebylynette.com. That's insurancebylynette.com with two N's and two T's. Your best play for auto insurance, homeowners insurance, condo insurance, life insurance, or a retirement program, reach out to Lynette at insurancebylynette.com. All right, Josh Richardson tonight in 30 minutes, uh, which is significant. Four of 12 from the field, two of six or three, four rebounds, 10 assists. I thought he actually played his, I thought he played really good defense tonight. He's settling in there. But Alex, the putback dunk, we, we were deciding what was going to be the play of the night tonight. I'll, Yes, this is not where I about? thought you were going when you said time machine back to 2017. What, what, thought, what, what do you think? What do you think I was going to go with? I thought you were you were referencing Kevin Love. I thought oh, you no, were that would be like 2013. All right, well, yeah, okay, let, let's we'll we'll cover both of them. Since we haven't That's, talked yeah. about Josh, dual play of the night, just like we had dual gamer of the night. All right, so so you we override. Which it. one do you want? You want Love or Richardson? Right. And I'll, I'll give Brady the other Love. one. Love. I'm going okay, love. Take not, love. To, not to hate on Josh. Josh has been good for them. I'm glad he's kind of stabilized and, you know, he feels like he deserves a rotation spot. Whether or not Tyler's back, I think they should play 10. That's a different topic. Kevin Love, man. My reaction on playback, which, by the way, for anybody watching right now, check out the games with us. Watch with us live on playback.tv slash 5RSN or download the app. No subscription needed to come hang out with us. You can watch the game if you do have a cable subscription. Watch it at the same time as us or just watch it on your TV or wherever you're watching, right, uh, and hang out with us. No subscription needed, right? I had a crazy reaction when Kevin Love had that step back. It was just I was not expecting to see that coming, and it's just it was funny to watch them go at Nikola Vucevic all night tonight. I was saying, like, Bam, his eyes were, like, widening every time he saw Vucevic on him. And, you know, Bam is from North Carolina. He knows good barbecue chicken, and that's what was going on tonight with Vucevic. And Kevin Love, that's he turned him right into – some fantastic barbecue chicken with that move. Like I really was not expecting that. He just hit the brakes. Kevin Love of all of all guys hit the brakes and created an insane amount of space with that step back. So shout out to Kevin Love and shout out to Good Barbecue Chicken. We've been setting up that barbecue chicken take since playback for about forty minutes. Uh, Brady, Josh, we're workshopping it live. I mean, Brady was like four when Josh Richardson got up that high the last time. <laughs> I didn't know that he could still do that. What just in the context of his overall play tonight? Wow. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't go to Kevin Love for me because I wasn't born when Kevin Love was doing the stuff Alex was uh, mentioning. But um, look, 
the athleticism on that putback, like number one, the fact that they this is the most athleticism that they've had in a long time. Like just in terms of the lineups they're running, and I'm like, there were there. I'm not to get away from what I'm about to say, but there was a play where Jimmy ran the break with Jaime, and he threw him a bounce plat pass on a two on one, and I'm like, just lob it up. Like it was a free lob for Jaime because he's going up on that, and I feel like there's points in this game on this team where they're like they don't realize the athleticism that they have. Jimmy himself is an athlete that they don't utilize that athleticism. But it, as for everybody else, it's something that you have to utilize. And that Jay Rich kind of getting up on that that putback was kind of the thing that got him in a flow, I'll say. Like, it seemed like that got him a little bit more comfortable. And as I always say, he's a rhythm guy. Not that he had the most efficient night, but got him a little bit of a rhythm. And the one thing I'll say on Jay Rich, and I keep saying it, I say it during every game, after every game, when he hunts for the elbow or free throw line pull-ups, that is when he's at his best. Like when he's settling for these catch and shoots or pull up threes, when he's getting to the rim, like, okay, like you need all of that mix in. But when he is like, okay, I want to get to this spot on the floor and rise up. Like that is his shot. That is his area on the floor. Uh, so if like they could find ways, there was actually to play off that putback there, there was a play in last game where they were kind of moving him off the baseline where they were kind of running him in that area. They sent him off a curl where he caught it at the free throw line and knocked down a jumper. If they can get creative with him a little bit and just find ways to kind of really master that mid range. I feel like that could do a lot for him to kind of find a flow early in game. So that's something I'm looking for. So they've got nine guys that Eric Spolscher is playing a lot of minutes right now. And, and this other guy is going to be coming back pretty soon. Let's set up our injury report with Eric Rubenstein. And now it's time for the official five on the floor injury report sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein, the personal injury attorney born and raised in Lauderdale, Florida, lives in Miami, went to St. Thomas. He's a South Florida guy and a huge Miami Heat fan. But the important thing is he can help you get your money that you deserve when something happens to you. So reach out to our guy, Eric Rubenstein. Again, ericrubenstein.com or ask about me. I got you on Instagram. And now the injury report. All right. So if you subscribe to us on off the floor on our new discord, which we recommend you do, it is here in the description on YouTube and also on the podcast feed. And it's always pinned at the top of the five reasons, Twitter account. You would know that Tyler hero has been getting closer because we've been signaling that and that he was going to get the boot off this weekend actually was in the, I was in the locker room last time they were home. He walked in without didn't seem there didn't seem to be any swelling or bruising, and his ankle was exposed, and uh, it looked like he was comfortable. And so again, it was just a matter of kind of ramping up. Now he put out this video, you know, where I think everybody overreacted to it because they thought it was like today or yesterday, but it was actually from the very beginning of the process. And he's pretty far along in the process. So do I expect him to play um, in Cleveland? No. I don't really even expect him to play at either of the two games in New York, either the game on on Friday night on uh, black Friday against, uh, against the Knicks or Saturday against the Nets. I do think there's a strong possibility that he could play when they come back against Milwaukee. And remember there's significance to that game because that's also one of the in season tournament games and he'll be here at home. So it, I think it makes sense that they leave him here, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if he plays in that particular game. So, I mean, let's just throw it out there because we're going to do a whole podcast on this again, and we've done Tyler Hero debate and all that stuff. But right now, Alex, you've kind of already said it. Like, you think the Spurs should play 10, um, and maybe he will. But even if he plays 10, is it 
is it Caleb's minutes now? Not Josh's that he's going to be taking because you can't really cut loves much more. And it's a different position, right? I mean, you're not cutting Hawkes. It doesn't appear. No. And Josh, I don't think Josh plays 30 when Tyler's back, but like he did tonight. And Jimmy yep. didn't play uh, that as many as usual either tonight, which allowed Josh to play more. But I don't think they're taking Josh's minutes when he's just sort of rounding into shape. It just feels like Josh is a little bit further along in the process than Caleb. And so he's the one, Caleb's going to be the one that gets kind of nicked here with the minutes. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not 100% on how exactly that it's going to work because I wouldn't be that surprised if Spo just went to a nine-man. I do think this roster, it would serve them well to play 10. Like, I think with Tyler back, you have a 10-man rotation that you're not just, like, putting together. I feel like that's a 10-man rotation you feel good about. It's not like you're reaching and trying to say a guy like Jovic or uh, Jamal Kane or somebody who hasn't been playing consistently is in there. It's 10 guys you feel good about and you trust, I think, if you're slow. So that's why I think it just logically it makes sense. You don't want to burn out um, the guys you're going to depend on in the playoffs. And I think they all deserve to play, frankly. And so how exactly he works it out, I'm not sure. Like, I'm just looking at it now. I agree. I don't think Josh is going to stay at 30 minutes. There's going to be some nights, right? Like, there's going to be some nights where he is. And I think that's the beauty with this roster. And you've seen it in the way the lineups have played out where they're playing just bigger at multiple positions. Um, but the beauty with having, you know, kind of multiple different wings with different skill sets is that you can kind of pick and choose who closes on every, on any given night. And I know sometimes it's kind of easier said than done. It might, it might be kind of, but it's a good problem to have if you're Spo because you don't have to just depend on one wing right? Like, uh, like in the past, you might've just had to depend on Caleb. And if he's not having a good night, he's still going to be closing. That's not necessarily the case. And I think he can pick from Highsmith. He can pick from Hawkes, Josh, Caleb, like he, and just kind of figure out the minutes rotation, uh, amongst those guys. And that's me being, you know, that's me giving a cop out answer saying, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to work. I do think Josh will play less. I think you're right that for the time being, Caleb is going to stick around where he's at kind of around 20, 21 minutes. It doesn't seem like, you know, again, just everything you guys were talking about earlier, the legs, doesn't seem like he really has his legs all the way under him. Like he's making plays here and there, but he seems conservative. He seems like he's playing conservative based on what we've seen from him in the past, especially like the closeout stuff. That was maybe his biggest strength on the offensive floor um, as far as like where he, he had his highest impact for the Heat on the you know offensive side of the ball and I'm just not seeing it with him. So I yeah, I think that's kind of the trend happening right now, but if Caleb just kind of ramps back up into shape and is playing like himself again, I could see him being the guy who plays more. So that's, you know, Spo doesn't have to go one way. Like I think he can kind of pick and choose depending on who's playing better, who gets the minutes. I think one of the things that they could do if they can replicate some of what they did tonight is in some of these games that they could get up enough they can play the other wings down the stretch and give Jimmy a break, uh, which would be nice over the course of the regular season to not have so many clutch games and be able to close with Caleb, Josh, uh, you know, Hawkes, et cetera. And then obviously have Tyler in the mix uh, real quick here. And then I'll, I'll sum up everything and then we'll take a few comments uh, here on the chain. Cause we are going, we did go live tonight. If I didn't mention that at the very beginning, we will do some of this on some road games uh, going forward, but Brady, is is it in your view if he goes to nine or nine and a half, is Caleb more likely to get clipped than Josh? 
Right now, yes, because I think they have the excuse, to be honest, where they could say, well, we're still trying to get Caleb back to 100%. He's still trying to work into things that we're going to let him kind of just find his flow. But I think eventually it will probably be Josh. Like, I think they're going to get to a point where we talked about the guard thing. Like, I'm watching – I was watching Haywood Highsmith bring the ball down the floor today, and I'm like – I was thinking to myself, like, we had these conversations about them needing a certain guard and everything. Like, we're watching Haywood run point guard. I'm like, okay, th- th- that does not matter anymore. But, yeah, I'm what just in terms of the, the – the as good as Josh played today uh, in terms of just finding his spots at certain points and kind of giving an energy, he still feels like the guy that is – most forced if that makes sense like within the offense that it's kind of not in the flow of things at times that they're going to eventually fall on what works and what they spo likes to run within the movement stuff and i think it's going to be caleb over josh but like i said right now they have the excuse level to kind of just cut caleb's minutes down not not play him at all but cut his minutes down and that's why i really do believe it will be 10 uh look even Tyler's not going to be playing 40 minutes when he comes back either. Mm-hmm. They're going to ease him in as well. So it won't be a problem in the first week or two. It'll maybe in a couple of weeks. But let's be honest as well. Looking a couple me- a couple of weeks forward, are they go- are, th- are all 10 guys in the rotation that we're discussing going to all be available? Probably not. No. That probably won't no. be the case. So all this that we're discussing probably won't even end up mattering. But I think we do have to have the discussion when fully healthy what things look like. Well, you just opened a can of worms that I'm not going to go dive into anymore here, which is uh, Tyler's minutes when he comes back, because that could be used as an excuse to bring him off the bench also. And you talking where he's at. And so that is another podcast topic. Um, I'm just going to get to some comments here real quick. We thank our sponsors, A Aggressive Insurance, Rock Esports Center, and Eric uh, Rubenstein. I'll just take a couple of these. Uh, Broham, uh, Ethan, to go back to your Jovich take from earlier. I did a little video on Jovich on the YouTube channel, so you can check that out. Do you think he's more of a fit for the next build rather than this one? Since it doesn't seem like Spo thinks he's ready to contribute now. Um, I wouldn't get into the whole this build, that build, and all that. I don't think he's going to be a core piece of what they do this season. I don't. I think that he's he's a situational piece going forward, and I think there'll be some opportunities. From This comes in from Van Lee. People were panicking when Tyler got injured. His three weeks has flown by. The fan base is now fretting his return. That's what they do. We're hearing all this stuff again. I think that Tyler makes them better. Just have to stagger the lineups. They'll figure it out. Uh, and this comes in a comment from Alex Toledo. Alejandro Villegas, our producer, puts up a comment. Who is Alex Toledo? Jaquez uh, should be aiming for all rookie first team. I think he's on course for that. Well, uh, Thompson in uh, in Detroit, obviously. Wemby, certainly not Scoot at the moment. And uh, and Chad, I think those those are givens. And from uh, from David Rivera, uh, Hawkins playing over Caleb and Highsmith in the fourth is amazing. This is um, this is a feature, not a bug. Jaime Hawkins is going to be closing games consistently for this team this season. They absolutely trust him. All right, thanks to everybody. We're thirty five minutes. We're getting the heck out of here. Have a good night. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.